Welcome to Affiliate Marketing Millionaire, the official podcast for the number one affiliate marketing channel on YouTube with over 36 million views and counting. Here are your hosts, ODI Productions and Kit Thatch. All right, welcome back to episode two of the Affiliate Marketing Millionaire podcast. Uh, we've got some really exciting content for you today. For those of you new, this podcast, we have ODI Productions breaking down how he went from a broke student to making over seven figures in affiliate commissions. And every week, we answer your questions and give advice on every single thing to do with affiliate marketing. So this week, we're actually going to talk about how you actually get affiliate sales. So a lot of people just starting out don't know how to get sales. Maybe, you, maybe you've been trying um, so I want to go ahead and throw it over to Odie and kind of ask, all right, so getting sales, what's the number one thing that actually results in sales? All right. Thank you, Kit Fatch, my co-host. Excited for another episode of Affiliate Marketing Millionaire. Let's get right to it. What gets affiliate sales? This is a question that needs to be answered. It seems simple, but honestly, the answer can be rather complicated because this business seems simple. But I realized actually just this week when I was speaking to a friend of mine who actually is trying to start their own affiliate marketing business in their specific expertise, how difficult this is for beginners. Because see, it's been a long time since I was a day one beginner getting started and I forgot how many skills you need to succeed here and how many hats you have to wear in the beginning because most people are just a solopreneur. You're doing this by yourself right? And let's say you don't know anything about SEO, digital marketing, email marketing, content creation. And here's just a spoiler, you're going to need all of those skills. And then maybe to go a little deeper when it comes to content creation, maybe video editing, how to create video content, how to create a good high quality blog post and how to optimize that for SEO and to rank on Google. These are all skills that literally require a full-time job um, you know, I mean, you could make a full-time job out of each of these things. I mean, people just do SEO literally all day, every day um, for companies, for clients, for themselves. There's people who literally just edit videos all day. And so we have to respect that each part of the affiliate marketing business, you know, it's not something you can just run through and something that you could just pick up overnight. When you create content and to start off with answering that question, what gets affiliate sales? The first thing that comes to my mind is content. But maybe even deeper than that is value. When you give value, you tend to get value in return. Now, if we're talking affiliate sales specifically, I think content is the value that you can give to people to create that passive income where you make one good piece of content it can last for years and get you sales for years, which I've been so fortunate enough to do throughout my affiliate marketing career with my um, first blog even, recordingnow.com. I have videos reviewing headphones that date all the way back to 2016, 2015, I believe. And I still get comments today as if that video just dropped this morning, which is just crazy to me because, you know, obviously uh, haven't done a headphone review since 2017. And so it's just funny to see how active people are still commenting and engaging with my content that came from, you know, years ago. And so 
Content is like that 24-7 salesman. It just works all day, every day. People are searching it up every month. And as long as you know how to create good content and how to do SEO, you put those skills together and that can be perpetual sales you know, for months and years. So that's the way I always view things as long-term and it starts with value. The reason the content gets sales because I help people choose the right pair of headphones. I review them thoroughly. I give you the information you need to know, and I tell people, hey, this headphone is for you if X, Y, and Z, and it may not be for you if X, Y, and Z check out another headphone competitor that is a good sort of alternative to this specific pair of headphones. So for me, value is really like, if you were to boil it down to just the core, core ingredient of what gets affiliate sales, it's giving people value first, and they pay you back through purchasing, through your affiliate links, through your website, through you, and you get commission. And it's a win-win-win for you, for the company that you're an affiliate for, and for the customer because I'm hooking them up with a great product that I can stand behind. And that's one of my internal rules since day one. I never sell an affiliate product that I don't stand behind myself and I haven't used or that I would you know, stand behind and basically guarantee for myself. You know, so that's rule number one. I see a lot of people try and sell stuff they don't believe in. That's probably your first mistake. You know, it's hard to, you know, be passionate about something that you don't actually believe in yourself. Ask any salesman. When you believe in the product, selling it becomes so much easier. So, values number one, then content, which packages that value in an evergreen way. And, you know, we can talk about the different types of content that get sales next, but basically it comes down to, you know, all these skills, packaging it up into content and that content provides value for people. And then this also becomes passive income because we create and we build in a way where you only have to do it once and it can get you recurring sales and commissions and traffic and visitors for years to come. So um, maybe we'll talk about the types of content to get a little deeper into this. So Kit, what types of content do you think are most effective for affiliate marketing? I think specifically for affiliate marketing, reviews, tutorials, comparisons, especially you mentioned earlier, you know, having a couple different products, which I think is important too. If you just say, here's one product, people can often feel like they're being sold to. But if you're like, hey, here's what this product is in an honest review, products always have their their uses and their downsides. So helping people figure out if this product's for them and giving them another option. So I think a comparison is a great piece of content to create as well as a review or tutorial because it gets to why people might be searching for that product to begin with. Yeah, the two best pieces of content or templates or styles of content for my affiliate sales has been reviews and tutorials. And again, value can be in many different ways. For reviews, it's like helping buyers make the right purchase decision, which is basically the way that Amazon works and kind of like their mantra, but we're just applying it to you know selling our own products and as an affiliate. Now, tutorials is also great because when you demonstrate how to use a product to achieve a goal, at the end of the day, these products are solutions to pains. If you can speak to and find people with a specific pain and teach them how to alleviate themselves of that pain using a product, that is generally an easy way to get sales. I mean, it's very simple. You know, if people have a problem and you have a great solution to it, all you have to do is present that solution 
and people are going to hit the buy button themselves. So, you know, focusing on that type of content now to take things even further, you know, one thing I forgot to mention earlier was I host all these things on a website. And on that website, I also have something called email marketing. And I've been talking about this a lot more recently because, you know, with the way things have been going with social media, if your business requires an algorithm, then you don't have a sustainable business. It's simple as that, right? If your business can get wiped out overnight thanks to an algorithm, then you really don't have a business. You're building your castle on sand. So with the website, you own that. That's yours. No one can ban you. Okay, and when you have an email list, same thing. You own that email list. It's worth money. It's up to you to determine how much dollars per email subscriber it's worth. But at the end of the day, it's worth something, and no one can ban you. Okay, you know, as long as you stick to the terms of service, of course. But basically, with the website and the email marketing, I focus so much on that because I I simply don't trust these social media platforms, to be honest with you, ever since the beginning too, you know, I've seen businesses basically get wiped out overnight because they were, they relied on the Instagram al algorithm. What happens when you get shadow banned and all of a sudden your posts only show to 5% of your followers? I've seen Instagram accounts that have a million followers. They can't even crack like a thousand likes on a picture. It's very pathetic. <laughs> it's very sad. And it's not a business. Okay. So at the end of the day, I think a website and email marketing, which is something that I've preached since day one, it's how I get all my affiliate sales, to be honest with you. And if I do make content, let's say on YouTube, I put that on my website, it's a double whammy because you're getting YouTube SEO, Google SEO, and it feeds off each other because Google says, hey, we're getting, uh, we're getting traffic from YouTube to this website and then vice versa. Uh, if you have a YouTube video, it's like, hey, we're getting traffic from a website and external sources to the YouTube video, this video must be pretty popular. It's getting shared. You know, even if it's just you sharing it, I mean, it still works, right? It's a backlink. So yeah, I've been, I've always focused on the overall trying to bring things together, but I focused on the website and the email list first, because again, you own it. It's yours. No one can ban you. You can sleep a lot easier at night because there's peace of mind. Now it's also a bit harder because the social media platforms have the existing networks. It has the, you know, it has an algorithm to get you discovered. But to be honest with you, you know, you should use that to your advantage, but you should not rely on that solely because to be honest, it's a little foolish to be building on someone else's property. So, yeah, I, I think another great point about that is like, I think maybe some people don't realize if, if you have a lot of YouTube subscribers, they might not even know that you dropped a new video. You can drop a new mm. video and have tons of them not even know that you did it. Whereas an email, people are much more likely to read. And I think that what Odie's saying about, you know, use those channels, leverage them, but get it back to one central place. Because on a website, in an email, you can control your messaging and your appearance. It's like why Apple ha launched Apple Store, so they could control the user experience. And it just builds up a more you know, dedicated following even of people who are down to, because they might not even know, you know, if you, if you sell one type of product, someone bought from you, they like you, they subscribe to you, and there's another product that they don't know about but would be perfect for them, if you put that on YouTube, they're probably not searching for that product. They never find your review. But if they signed up to your email list, you can send them an email and say, hey, this would be perfect for you. And you're way more likely to increase your lifetime customer value by doing things like that. Yeah. You know, to add on to what Kit's saying, I love bundling 
products because generally, you know, there's products that work well with each other. I mean, certain products need accessories, you know, to get the most out of it, or it would just be nice to have accessories uh, to complete your setup, right? If we're talking about, let's say a home recording setup, it's more than just a microphone. You know, you might need a pair of headphones. You might need an audio interface. You might need software and certain plugins to make you sound good. And so basically I use the email marketing as an autoresponder to anyone who subscribes. And then I use that autoresponder sequence. It could be, let's say a five day email sequence, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or it could be once a week for a whole month, every single Monday, or, you know, uh, since the time you signed up, we'll send you an email every single week. And then I use that to lead to my other things, whether it's more affiliate products, whether it's to my other channels, like, Hey, I noticed you signed up on my email list on my website, but have you seen my YouTube channel? Have you heard my podcast? Have you, you know, uh, seen my, have you followed me on Instagram? Stuff like that. You know, those are just off the top of my head. But basically, this is what makes true passive income is having that machine work for you where the website, once you set it up, I mean, that thing is just uh, working 24-7, right? It doesn't need much. It doesn't doesn't get hungry. And then same with the email autoresponder. Once you set up an autoresponder sequence that works and you're checking your open rates and seeing, hey, you know, in this email sequence, we're seeing a solid 40% open rate every single email. I mean, that's just like, okay, you can really sit back and just focus on getting people through that funnel, getting people into, uh, you know, to subscribe to that email list. And then it's going to do the heavy lifting for you um, as long as you set it up the right way. And it's all about we put the work up front so that we can reap the rewards for months and years to come later. And it's just, it's opposite of what people are used to. And that's what makes this so hard. And I understand because again, I have a very close friend who's trying to get this off the ground. And I just realized how difficult it is because you have to wear so many hats and you need so much skills because he didn't even know email marketing. So he doesn't even have email marketing on his blog. And it's like, if you don't even know email marketing, then you don't know, you know, what email marketing to choose. And you also don't even know what it, an, an autoresponder sequence is. And then you don't even know copywriting with that to get people to convert. So, you know, I always preach that your skills is what you should invest in and work on. Like, regardless of, you know, the results, affiliate sales, this and that, if you work on your skills, you'll find a way to apply that in any venture that you take on in the future. You can take those skills with you, whether you choose to work for a new company, whether you choose to work for a big company, whether you choose to work for yourself and you know have your own affiliate marketing business or blog, those skills never leave you. And the problem is too many people try to take the shortcut of not needing skills or thinking they don't need skills to make it to the big leagues and to see success. Yeah. And I think that is actually, I think, you know, some people get discouraged, but I think that that's action opportunity for a lot of hope because if it was hard work is something you can control. Are you, you willing to go learn? Are you willing to go research content and keep trying to make better content? If that, if it was like what got in affiliate marketing was one secret or you could just run mm -hmm. ads on Facebook, the market would be so diluted. You'd never have a chance because you'd lose out to people with a bigger budget. But if something just requires more work, that should give you a lot of hope because you can always beat the competition because most people are lazy. So if you're willing to not be lazy and put in the work, that actually gives you a huge advantage. And that's how you can think of it when you're doing that six months, that year, that year and a half of real work and learning the skills that, hey, you can also take those skills and become a freelancer with those. These are real useful skills that people will pay for that most people will view like, oh my God, you know how to do SEO? 
and they'll be in demand. So I, th- I think that's another way to look at it, to not get discouraged, kind of like we talked about last week, is to look at all these other benefits that you're getting along your journey. Yeah, uh, 100% agreed with that. Um, basically, if this were easy, obviously everyone would be doing it, but it would suck because all of our profits would be eaten up by the competition. But luckily, this is not easy. So, you know, for Every time I say that this is hard and you have to wear so many hats and learn so many skills, this is a good sign. This means, hey, the barrier of entry is relatively high. So that means that although people can get started, getting started is much different than competing at the highest level and, ma- and making an impact and getting sales. Okay, um, Until those all those 99% of people who got started are getting sales and taking away market share from you, it's, it's irrelevant. You know what I mean? We should be happy that it's it's hard to break through because it just means that it, it's going to be harder for newcomers to basically, um, you know, approach or, uh, you know, get into our territory. So I think that that's a really great counterpoint um, is basically this is hard, but you should be grateful that it's hard because it means that only the people who are persistent enough to basically go through this process those are the ones who are going to get rewarded and you basically have a little moat built in because if it's so hard to you know break through then if you are able to get to the other side then you're in very very special company so yeah i think that's i think that's a great point yeah and i, and I think something else in terms of content is i think some people too can think oh there's only one type of content that will succeed because they go well if these are like the popular seo terms I just have to make content that sounds or looks like everybody else's, and you don't. Making content that's optimized for SEO, you got your titles, your subheadings, but your actual content, you can write in a way that's very much your voice. You're just using that knowledge on top of it to actually get people to read it. Oh, yeah. I just want to add one more thing. Your content is going to suck in the beginning unless you come from a background of like you, you know, you know how to make good videos and you know how to write good blog posts. Your content will suck. My first videos were literally PowerPoints with a voiceover, my voiceover, and no live footage. They sucked, but they still got sales. So you need to at least get out there because I see so many people in the comments, are they have this self-defeating attitude that's just like, oh, I don't know how to do that, so I can't do this. Or I don't have a following, I can't do this. Do you think that stopped me in the beginning? I didn't start with a following and then was like, okay, thank God I can do this. I have a following. Good, good. No, I didn't have a following and I had to start from zero like everybody else. And that's the one thing that I see in the comments is like, man, like I can't do this because X, Y, or Z. It's like, I just hear excuses. And it's like, it's hard for me to feel bad because, you know, me personally, look, I get it's hard, but if you really want this, those excuses should be minimal. They should not stop you from even trying I mean, can you at least try, especially because this business model is, you know, relatively affordable compared to, you know, if someone wants to do something like Amazon FBA, I mean, you need at least like five grand to be, you know, to, to do it and to have that sort of leeway um, when it comes to other expenses and costs. And you also have to be willing to lose all that money if your product that you chose turns out to not sell well. So, you know, when we look at maybe a hundred, two hundred dollars to start your affiliate business and you can at least give it a try. And at the end of the day, if you completely fail and you decide to quit, hey, at least you learn some skills along the way. Because with affiliate marketing, there's branding, there's some web development, 
there's some web design, there's copywriting, there's email marketing, digital marketing, SEO, content creation. I mean, these are amazing skills, guys. And like Kit was saying, you could become a freelancer using some of these skills. And I call these skills money-making skills because literally any one of these can become either a job or you can freelance, you can become a consultant, you can become an expert. And I look back and it's funny because I kind of forgot that I picked up basically all of the skills I just mentioned, throw on a little graphic design. I, I learned how to use some Photoshop, even though I've never been a graphic designer. I know how to at least make simple graphics and edit things. And so those skills have translated to new business opportunities and to anything I do now. I can bring everything, every piece of experience that I picked up along the way. It just helps me to go faster for the second company, the third company. I can do it all again in a day, what used to take me, let's say, six months. I can, I can literally do the same exact thing and set up everything the right way and not forget things like, for example, email marketing, not forget about a Facebook retargeting pixel, not forget to set up things like Google Analytics and event tracking. You know, I, I know how to do these things now and I can do it all, you know, much quicker, much faster. So, yeah, that's basically it on that topic. Should we I, get to the questions or? Yeah, I just want oh, to do you have one last add? thing. I, I, I think it's a great um, sort of a great point in terms of learning those skills because once you know them, you know them. Like, you know, I we, we had a student recently who had written in and you forget, like, once you, like, know these things, it's super easy to give somebody, like, that game plan. Um, we gave this guy, like, you know, a good, gave him a great game plan for what to do with his affiliate business and things like that. And I think, like, a week or two weeks later, he emailed us and was like, hey, I'm already getting, like, affiliate sales. He was super excited. Nice. like. And it's crazy because it's like once you once you know how to do the thing and you get your first sales from one, you can always move into higher ticket pro products, more difficult arenas because you actually have those skills. Yeah, I just want to add to that. I, I totally forget like all these skills that I picked up that not everyone knows what I know. It's, it's the curse of knowledge, right? You assume that everybody understands things the way that you do and they know how to do things the way that you do, but you only earn that through learning and through trial and error, which thankfully years and years spent into this business, I've learned pretty much, you know, as much trial and error as I can, um, how to do things and, you know, what works, what doesn't work, the pitfalls. But to me, it's like, now it's common sense. But when I was getting started, I didn't know, you know, even 1% of what I know today. So it's really hard to kind of go back to being a beginner. But again, when I saw my friend, you know, kind of like trying to figure out how to get this off the ground, get that traction, I realized, wow, like, okay, there's a long way to go if you're a beginner, but then if you're someone who has this blueprint, then it's insane what kind of value you can provide. And hopefully we're doing that through this podcast and through the free content on YouTube. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, but now I think we should get into your questions that you guys submitted to the podcast. And if you want to submit more questions, we'll have info on that at the end of this episode. So uh, take it away. All right, so the first one actually goes kind of what we were just talking about, and they said their current struggle is just learning and developing the knowledge to know where and how to start with affiliate marketing and to spend their budget wisely. So they're wanting to know with help how to start, how to spend their budget, things like that. All right, so in the beginning, try not to spend unnecessarily. Like, Don't try and spend hundreds of dollars per month for some software or something like that. I always recommend you start with a website. Starts at less than three dollars a month, and we we literally have a free guide on the website odiproductions.com. Free guide. 
Um, it's on the top menu navigation. And you can learn how to start with not much money. And that's why I love this business model. You can start with less than $100. And that's not an exaggeration. And so I would start with small. And don't buy things unless you absolutely are sure you need them. So you start small. And then it starts with the website. And with the website, you know, you want to learn basically what is a good website design, right? Uh, go look at competitors. Go look at people or companies in your niche and see how they style their website and try and model after that and try and see what they do well and what they don't do well. Um, generally, if they are successful, they do a lot of things well. And if you're a beginner, you probably can't pinpoint the things they could do better. Um, that's, you know, that's kind of my job. I, I'm able to see what's good and what's what could be improved with other people's websites. But then as a beginner, just look at what you like as a customer yourself. Like just put yourself in the customer's shoes and be like, hey, um, I really like how this is laid out. I really like how this, you know, in this blog post, I like the structure of it. They use a lot of subheadings or, you know, basically they make it really easy to learn and understand. So put yourself in the in the shoes of the customer and imagine, you know, your customer and if you like this customer experience, that is something you should try and replicate on your own website. And the best way to learn is to do, okay? You can you can watch all the YouTube videos in the world and you can take all these courses, right? But until you actually get out there, you're not going to really learn the the uh, lessons that only come from experience. And when you I would prefer that you make something and it just be really bad, but at least you make it and then you can find ways to improve it slowly. You can improve, you know, you see one thing that's wrong or not working, you can be like, okay, let me go fix that today. And then you can just keep adding on and on and tackling this um, problem by problem rather than, you know, trying to do everything in one go, which is just not possible. You're going to get overwhelmed. And again, the best way to learn is simply by doing. So that's what I recommend. You just go out there and you just create your first piece of content. And if it sucks, look through it and find out ways to make it better. And obviously using competitors and there are tools um, to, you know, find competitors, but these tools are kind of expensive, $100 a month. We, you know, we use tools like SEMrush and, you know, it's, it's kind of cost prohibitive. You don't need it as a beginner. Plus, I don't think beginners would even know how to use them. They're kind of complicated. So what you can do is look at, um, Try and find competitors, go on their website, see what they're doing well, and then just try and learn and replicate that until you have your own voice and your own flair to your to your website. Yeah, I really like that point about, you know, you learn by doing. Because I do think, like, you know, from how the question was phrased, they're waiting until they know everything to get started. Mm. Like, they're waiting until they're an SEO expert. They go, oh, then I'll create my piece uh-huh. of content. But, like, you learn the most from just getting feedback. It's why like software companies, when they're starting out, you release a a product and then you want to get that out as fast as possible and get feedback and improve it that way. And that's, that's Mm. going to be your best way to learn. Like what he said, it's not a huge amount of money up front. So you might as well take advantage of that and just get moving. All right. So I think we have time for one more question. Okay. So what's Um, a good one? Let's see. I think there's one. It's actually I've seen it a couple times now. And this person just they're wondering they're they're going to be 17 in August and they're wondering next August they're wondering if they should start mm. affiliate marketing now or if they should wait until they've you know graduated college and things like that. This is a great great question and I've seen this pop up a lot as well on the YouTube comments sometimes in emails. Now when I got started, <clears throat> well when I discovered affiliate marketing, I was also in my teens and. 
<clears throat> excuse me. So basically, my advice is, especially because I believe, now don't quote me on this, I believe you can start Amazon Associates as long as you're 13 and above. And I know that there's like some young people on YouTube who have Amazon Associates links, whether they use their parents' um, account, like they sign up for them, or it actually is them. So like I've seen younger people do Amazon Associates, which is affiliate marketing. And I recommend you start as early as possible. And I love that if you are that age and you are curious about how to make money online because to be honest with you, when I was like 16, I was in high school, I was not really, I don't think I was thinking about money and stuff like that. I mean, I was selling beats, but that wasn't like to get super rich. It was just like, I like making music and, you know, I was just learning, um, you know, how to, uh, yeah, sell my beats and like get placements and work with musicians. But, you know, if you're 16 and you're trying to figure out financial freedom, that's kind of like a great thing because most 16 year olds that, you know, I know basically are on TikTok and they're basically numbing their mind on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and just their mind is just mush. They aren't thinking about how do I better my life or, you know, how can I set myself up for the future or make money? Um, so I'm very proud of you if you are younger and you are trying to learn. I mean, that's just so amazing to me because even you know i myself i started relatively young um but then in this generation i'm kind of worried for the next generation because i don't know if they're going to be you know totally concerned with um this stuff especially at a younger age maybe when they grow older and realize hey i have to get a job i have to pay bills i have to pay the rent uh you know i have to take care of my family they're going to start to take it serious but you know i think this is a good i i really think this is a good mindset to have when you're young and you should start as early as possible and even if you can't let's say like some affiliate programs if you have to be like let's say 18 or maybe 21 but i don't think i've ever seen 21 and up um you know if you can start now in terms of learning the skills because you shouldn't wait until you hit 18 it's like midnight 18th birthday okay let me start learning affiliate marketing you have to start learning the skills right now that we that we talked about earlier in this episode then when it comes your time then you will be ready but you don't want to wait you know that's it's a bad excuse to be like i'm too young i'm too young to start right because if you're looking to this to be something like a career or a full-time job you should start as early as possible because you know in in sports for example if you don't start young enough it's too late like golf, for example, if you don't start when you are like, let's say like 10 years old or like literally in elementary school, it's too late. There's only a few golfers who started when they were 19. I mean, I know one that started when they were 19 and eventually became, um, you know, they were able to win on the tour. But it's like, dude, the rest of these people started when they were like four or five years old. So I love that you're interested and you're curious about this because curiosity is the first step. But then you need to start learning by doing and getting your feet wet and by trying things out because there's no age restriction for making a website. You know, there's no rule about that. Like you have to be, you know, this old um, or at least like you don't have to be 18 or 21. I made my first websites when I was in the teens. So Basically, I would start now and just start, start, do whatever you can do in the meantime. And obviously budget is a concern because, you know, when I was 16, no money, but you can like do little things. Like for example, the website, you know, you can scrounge together like $76 for that first year of web hosting. Um, you know, you can find a way. So 
that's my advice. And I'm just really glad to see things like this. And, you know, if there are young people listening, and I've had lots of, uh, you know, younger viewers on YouTube, and I'm really appreciative of this because I really want to help, you know, just be a good role model for the next generation. And, um, you know, the younger, the better. So. All right. I think that's a great one to, to end on. And I think just want to remind people, um, once again, like you mentioned earlier, we do have a free guide on the website. And if you are looking for sort of more of that mentorship to sort of get the benefit of all the knowledge Odie's already gained, um, still got a mentorship program, um, probably closing down at some point uh, this year, but it's uh, it's open now. And if you want to see if you'd be a good fit for it, um, we will go ahead and maybe put a link in the description. It's also on the website. You can schedule a one-on-one call uh, with me and we can figure out if it'd be a good fit for you. And also, if you want to have your question answered on the podcast, you can go ahead and go to odiproductions.com slash podcast. We have a place you can submit it. You can comment on a YouTube video or a personal favorite. You can leave a review and put it in the comment, and we'll definitely get to it there. Yep. First and foremost, before we head out, uh, if you enjoyed this episode and want more episodes just like this, we're trying to keep up a weekly schedule. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. Um, and if you can leave a review, that is like the number one thing to pay us back because we love reading, you know, five star reviews and getting positive feedback. It means so much to us. And we really ha- enjoy doing this podcast. And in addition to that, if you want to take action, go to my website odiproductions.com. There's a free guide for people who just want to get started today for as little money as possible, which kind of answers some of the questions we got here on the podcast. And so I would recommend you either do that or check out the other free YouTube videos and content and our blog on the website, which has tons of guides on everything we spoke about today. So we've made really high quality content on each of these topics and skills and how to build some of these skills and go deeper into them so i highly highly recommend you go visit the website right now and if you want to learn for free we have plenty of resources um but other than that that wraps up the episode for the week thank you guys so much for listening we appreciate you and your time and we hope to catch you guys next week